You're listening to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers from all over the world as they go through the climb and seek to make a difference. Here are your hosts, Tayo Roxon and Carlos Gill. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hustle Culture. It's been so long, but we're happy to be back. Today, as usual, I have my co-host, Carlos Gills, as affectionately called Los, and our guest is Batia Maman. But as usual, I want to say we are thankful for everything you've done, uh, all the support you've had. We've had tremendous spike in our traffic. You know, Carlos is just sharing the news with me. We're on the first page of Blog Talk Radio. We're on the first page of the new and noteworthy on iTunes. And we couldn't do that without you. So without further ado, I'm going to allow Mr. Lowe's himself to talk and uh, welcome you guys back. Yeah, welcome back to all of you hustlers out there watching us here on Blab, as well as those of you that are listening to us on iTunes. Like Tayo said, we took a couple of weeks off because it was Thanksgiving and you know, even though we hustle 24-7, 365, it's important to rest and relax and recharge. And, you know, Tyler, we talked about this over the break, just the importance of, of disconnecting. And, you know, you were with family doing your thing out in Virginia. I was in, in Florida hanging out with mine. And I can tell you, this episode, not only is it going to be amazing because we have a great guest joining us in Batia, but we're rested, we're energized, and it's not even the new year yet. So it's great to be back here with you, my man. And hey. again, thank you. Just a big thank you to the hustle culture community. Because like Tayo said, we are on the uh, one of the top podcasts on Apple iTunes right now in the new and noteworthy section, not only in the business uh, category of podcasts, but overall and we also just inked a partnership with Blog Talk Radio. So you guys on the homepage of Blog Talk, and it wouldn't happen without our, our loyal viewers. So thank you so much. And with that, welcome to Hustle Culture to our guest, Batia Maman. Batia is a social media superstar, trainer, thought leader. She's the founder of her company, Social Connect. And we are so excited to have her here on the show. So welcome, Batia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batsy is absolutely one of my favorite people in the world. I, I love her story. I love her passion. I love the energy she brings. Um, now, Batsy, we're going to walk you through the process. So initially, what we like to do before we get into the interview is we like to go through our weekly grind. And, you know, Carlos and I would love you to share if you can. A weekly grind is basically what we did throughout the week to achieve goals. Even if we had failures, we talk about that as well. So uh, since this has been two weeks since we were last on, we'll, we'll go through the two weeks. But we basically want to share our stories and, you know, stay true to the name of the show and talk about the hustle that we've had. And uh, um, I'll kick it off and then I'll pass it off to, to you too. So like Carl said, it's been two weeks since we last talked, but um, a lot's been going on. Uh, you know, even though I was away, I knew that I, you know, for UID Media, which is the company that I, that I run, that focuses on creating content for um, cross-cultural leadership as well as diversity and millennials. I really wanted to put together a crowdfunding campaign uh, to help raise awareness for a network of podcasts that I hope to build. So, uh, you know, I had my brother help me shoot the videos for that. And then and you can catch that. You can catch the Patreon campaign on www.patreon.com forward slash UID. And then um, other than that, I, I was really, you know, picking up uh, meetings. I, I know it's the end of the year and it's very hard to get meetings. So I was trying to secure as many partnerships as I could in order to kick 2016 with a bang. I think many people 
always wait to the beginning of the year to have the New Year's resolution. So I really wanted to get all my 2016 plans out of the way before the mid-December um, rush hit. So, I mean, it was a lot of running around. You know, I live in New York City and I was in Virginia for the break. So I try to make sure I, uh, um, you know, I got as many things done. But, but that was me, uh, family time and a lot of uh, creating content. What about you? And Sayo, I'm posting the link to your Patreon here in the uh, comments on Blab. And we'll also put it on the on the description here on iTunes as well for those of you that are listening to us. But why don't you just tell our listeners in the hustle culture community about the Patreon campaign and what exactly you're trying to do with UID Media? Well, it's you know it's my it's my belief that uh, you know everybody knows millennials are the largest generation in the world. Also, millennials are the most diverse generation. You know, one point eight out of seven billion people in the world are millennials, and I and a lot of the content that that's out there doesn't resonate with us. I, I you know I feel like it's and we will tell you this it's it's one dimensional. It's not representative of our culture, and so I doing the year of doing this this podcast as well as my other podcast is told by nomads and 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 you know raking up the views i constantly got feedback from the audience telling me hey we want more that interview you had we wish you could dive into that more so i basically want to create a whole network think of it like a media company uh or like a tv show or yes right. uh, mec i want to create a whole network of content that's specifically focused on one so one could focus on for example minorities in business one can focus on millennials doing business and one can focus on doing business across cultures so i want to build a, a network that actually funds all this type of stuff so i you know i put together the video <laughs> try to have some fun with it my brother and i created that and then um Basically, I'm raising awareness for the production, uh, raising money for the production of that, as well as uh, um, funds to to boost the marketing. But that, that's the short version of that. So, very cool. On to right. our guest, Batia. Tell us a little bit about your what we call the weekly grind. So, what have you been working on over the last week? Uh, what I figure out lately, and our friend Tayo know about it, is I I need more time. So I try to buy more hours, and I just hire a new person this week uh, to take away about 25 hours away from me because I put a list of things that I need to do. It's the end of the year. We decided not to take any more clients for 2015. And I have so many things that I have to accomplish before the end of the year. So I start 2016 fresh, smart. I needed about 80 hours, so I give between uh, three people that work for me the rest of the hours that I wanted to free for myself. And I was working with that person one-to-one. I was just renting a new place that I'm moving, a bigger house. And um, I think that's it. Just train that person to help me. I have a, pers- I have a new personal assistant that I hired a couple weeks ago. And she started taking a lot of responsibility, and I just hire another person this week to take that 20, 25 hours away so I have more time to travel to New York City and to California and Miami, where I like to do business the most. And uh, that's it. Just try to free more time. Well, I love it. It worked yep. really well for me. So I, I did find a person who actually is really good, and it works delegating uh, with with a purpose. I love it. I love it. Um, and, and we'll talk more about this during the interview. But before before we dive into that, Carlos, why don't you tell us about your weekly grind as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I have, uh, you know, as those of you listening know, you know, I, I work a full-time job, which keeps me very busy throughout the week. But, you know, I also hustle and grind, you know, through doing the podcast with Tayo on Hustle Culture. I have another podcast 
which is Social 545. And outside of that, I also speak at social media conferences. So this is that time of the year where 2016 starts to shape up. And I was recently invited to speak at Social Media Marketing World. 2016, which is put on by Social Media Examiner. It's the largest social media conference, and it's going to take place next April in San Diego. So I'm really excited. I'll be a two-time speaker at the event. Right before we went out on the air, we were talking with Batia. She's going to be there also. My man, Tayo, we're going to get him out there as well. So it's just really exciting that we're sitting here in December, but I'm already looking forward to the year ahead. And that's one thing that we've talked about and we've been really consistent about here on Hustle Culture is you're constantly planning. You're constantly looking forward to the future. And as long as you're knocking on doors and planting seeds and watering those seeds, you're never going to be out of work. So that's what I've been working on. And just want to say thank you to the team at Social Media Examiner and Michael Stelzner for inviting me to come out to Social Media Marketing World next year. I really look forward to, uh, to the opportunity. Likewise, likewise. Uh, Stelzner is amazing. Social media is amazing. And speaking of social media, we have the queen of social media here herself, Batia. Batia Maman, you had an interesting story before you got into uh, the social media world. Why don't you tell us just what your story is? How did you get into the industry? How did you get started? How did it all begin for you? Okay, so, well, you just mentioned Michael and Maurice Smith were a very big uh, part of my uh, chapter. Because when I started with social media, I had no clue what is social media. I had to survive. And um, as uh, I told Ty, I shared with him a long time ago, my story is I moved to America in 2003 uh, with my ex-husband and three kids. We all Israeli. No one of us is American citizen. And uh, I was uh, doing business here for a couple of years with my ex-husband. And while I was divorcing, I lost my residency in the country. Um, when I said lost residency in the country means I wasn't able to do anything anymore, but I was registered. I have social security, I have tax ID number and I have everything I needed to have, but I was not able to really work or drive. So for a very few months, I was a little shocked with the situation. It was really surprising to me. I didn't know it comes to me. It's just happened. And I had to find a way to make money from home. Uh, and feed my three children because I never received child support or alimony. It was I was never interested in. I always believed that child support and alimony is a very low income. And I wanted to create my own things. And I always know every day until today, I think it was the smartest decision ever to do. Uh, and I'll share with you later on why it was that. But um, so I said, you know what? I'm just going to take a few months and figure this out. I saved some money. We're from a Batya Simply the Best, my previous company, which was a, a housekeeping and um, um, home organization. We move people in and out. We pack and unpack and really make beautiful houses. And I did more than 220 homes in uh, Naples, Florida, in my previous business. And I work with a lot of realtor. And uh, when I lost my residency, it was really it was really shocking because I was very uh, busy person. I have a couple employees and I had to let everything go. And the very first few months I was sitting at home and I remember just signed up for Facebook. I'm, I'm single. I'm not married anymore. I don't have a job. I can't drive. And I spent so many hours on Facebook. And one day I realized that I spent more than six hours a day on Facebook. And I said, oh, my gosh, it's almost like a full time job. I needed to find a way to convert Facebook into an income mm -hmm. because I really start to get low with money and I have these three kids and, you know, lifestyle start to be like really 
hard and, and I couldn't buy anything I wanted to do anymore. And, you know, I have grown up kids. It's not like I have babies at home and they have a lot of needs. So I was thinking, what should I do? I didn't really speak English really well when I get started. I came to America. I didn't even know how to speak English, period. But, um, you know, even when I, if, if you know how Facebook brings memories every day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of the funniest things ever that every time I got memory from five years ago, six years ago, I see how bad my English used to be like compared to today. Like it's perfect. I literally go every day and check where that post four years, five years from today. And I correct my mistakes. <laughs> and it's funny because nobody was ever correcting me. And I asked people, why you guys don't correct me? And they said, because we just love your mistake. It's just like, we love your accent. We love your mistake. They know where they come from. And a lot of people even today ask me why you don't really have somebody who go and correct all your spelling things on social media, because I have, hey, listen, I was never in school here in America. So it is what it is. And people said, why don't you have somebody rewrite everything? And I said, you know what? If I write perfect English, people never going to believe it's me anyway. So if you really wanted to build a real social media platform, you have to be real. Mm. So if I speak with a little broken English and write like perfect English, people never going to believe it's me anyway. So it's either me or I hire somebody and have them becoming the social media superstar and I'm going to lose it. I want to continue doing what I'm doing. So anyway... Back to my story is I was spending so many hours on Facebook and one day I said, I have an idea and I'm going to bring that idea alive. And I called a few nonprofit organizations and I said, I know social media and I'm willing to manage your social media for free uh, if you just give me this opportunity. And, you know, I started to do their social media, Facebook, and a couple months after I started with Twitter and um you know, then we started up with LinkedIn and little by little, I really grow my business. But while I help a nonprofit organization managing their social media and I start to see success action, I start converting the donors for the nonprofit organization into clients. And that's how I started my business. Now, I used to go there and said, oh, we saw this event here and we saw this event there and we saw on Facebook and we saw on social media. And I used to go to event, take pictures like I do today. I never stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. And post and tag all the people around me. And I just become the star of my community. Like literally become the star because every time somebody wants to know what's going on in Naples or what events going on in Naples, they used to call me and said, hey, where's the next event? Where do you go next? How can we register to this? And how do you register to that? And, and I got to the point that a lot of people that knew people that come into Naples used to ask, where should I go? Where should I start? And everybody said, Go to Batya, go to Batya. She knows everything. She knows. So I started this gobatya.com. That's my website. Because every time somebody wants to know something, they used to call me. And I just take advantage of this, this engagement that I have with people. And I really started to build the platform. So as I told you guys, I didn't really know social media before. So what I did, I just followed Marie Smith. I was, it was the easiest thing. And I've learned from her every day. And what I did, I started building my Facebook I still don't see people working on Facebook the way I work mm -hmm. today, days, believe it or not, uh, almost 10 years after. And uh, what I did, I subscribed myself to the top 40 influencer and social media. And I never even really followed them. I just let them remind me every day what they do because I subscribe to all their posts, all their activity and everything they're doing. So I subscribe to 40 different people in social media who think completely different than each other. 
And I take a little bit from everybody and I create my own. And, um, you know, little by little, I had more nonprofit mm. organization, more clients. And, you know, Naples, I don't know how much you guys know about Naples, Florida, but Naples is a very small town. And almost uh, 325,000 people only. It's a seasonal town. and But there is more than 240 nonprofit organizations in this town. Wow. This town wow. is all about greatness. This town is, right. is one of the most richest community in, right. in the United States. And there is a lot of money because a lot of people retired that come here to the community, to Naples, Florida, and they have nothing to do in season time when they're here. So what they do, they join nonprofit organization or started a nonprofit organization based on family story, neighbor story, uh, military experience, whatever experience they have. So we have a lot of different uh, nonprofit organization here in town and all of them are amazing. And I actually joined 40 different ones over the last Three years, I was able to support them, to help them, to get my client to support them. And so, yeah, I started converting a lot of my uh, friends from the events to clients. And I think I started my business from greatness. I remember eight months after I started my business, I, I started making money and um, I wanted to be in more events and, and do more meetings. So I hired a full-time driver. And yeah. I pay him about 13 sometimes $1,500 every month. And he was driving me all over. I was doing like five to seven meetings per day, and I never stopped. I mean, not having a visa or, or driver license or any of these documents that people use them as excuse to, to do small things, it was, never, it was never a stop for me because a lot of people offered me small job at the time when I didn't know what I was doing. But, you know, when I was always dressing up really nice and going to event with my driver, people used to think I'm rich. So, you know, if you professional, if you're a professional, I mean, to attract professional, you have to be professional. So I think I, I created this professional look. And when I was going to event, people used to come to me and ask me, why you have a driver and why you're here and why you're there. And I was just like, all I wanted to do is just engage with people. And, and it really worked. I was almost all over. I was doing like sometimes four to five events per week, taking picture, posting. And first of all, the magic, I think, of social media is not even about what you're posting. is to make yourself well-known. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and for me, social media is a lot of good work, good word shared with the public. Mm. So that's what I was doing. I was talking about mm. nonprofit, talking about the people around me. I create my own network and I got to the point that I joined a nonprofit organiza organization event, excuse me. And then, you know, when you go to a, a big red carpet events or, or a gala or whatever, you know, to buy a table, it costs you about $5,000, $10,000. So instead of me going and spending this $10,000, I used to invite it, always my top 10 clients. And we used to buy a table together and sit together. And I got to the point that I'm helping nonprofit raise money because I bring these people to the table. And I end up sometimes buying one table, two tables, three tables, and just getting more clients and more clients and getting my clients involved in the community. Because I do believe that if you want your clients to support you, I mean, if you want more patients, if you want more clients in your community, you need to give back to your community first. So for me, social media is also about giving back. More you give, more you get. Because mm -hmm. I work with a lot of dentists. You both know that. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, you know, why should I pick uh, 
uh, one dentist here in town when next door dentist is, is a better person, is giving back to the community, support the community. He cares about children. He gives free work for, to uh, people in needs or whatever. So, you know, there's a lot of great dentists, but what is great dentist? I mean, what, what about greatness? What about giving back? What about doing? And I, I got my clients to, to get really involved with the community. So when, when people search for them and see they are just more than dentists, they, they're in this event and they're supporting this community and they're supporting this organization, people think that you're a lot more than just a dentist. You're a good person. And that's the way to do business. So you mentioned the dentist industry. And it's interesting because you've really made that your niche. And a lot of social media thought leaders and, and trainers and speakers, they're looking at the broader picture. They're going to conferences where they're speaking to marketers and to a broad audience. But you've said, you know what, I'm going to be different from the rest. I'm going to be more distinguished, if you will. And I'm going to really look at an industry and I'm going to disrupt it by teaching them about social media. Because let's face it, your average dentist is not utilizing Twitter or Facebook, right? They are working on the patients that they serve. So talk to us about how focusing on a on an industry, really focusing on a niche has helped industry. you in your profession stand out from all other social media. So here's here's what I found out. I a year and a half ago I partnered with a guy in Clearwater. Uh, it's a, a management system for um, a dental practice only. They don't accept any other clients but dentists. So he got me to speak in his event a couple of times. We partner, we, we put a pilot together and help few dentists. So I did get about 12 clients working with him. And what happened when I started working with them, I really see the need for dentists to, because it's funny, you know, I had about, I would say 300 clients over the four years. And no one of my clients has the same problems. But when I work with 12 dentists, all of them has the same problems. No one of them was different than the other. And you know, when you go to Google and search for a dentist, and you go to Google Plus or Google Page or Google My Business, you see so many different pages under this name. So, you know, for me as a follower, let's say I go and follow Dr. Rocha, my friend, and then you go to Google and find Dr. Rocha 10 times. How do you know? which page you're following. So what's the difference between me and, and other companies who manage social media, and there is so many out there, and they ask you, give me the login for your uh, uh, Google page, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, and Instagram, and we're gonna be going and post for you. So you know, it's not even about posting because okay, people said, oh, I have social media and I post every, every day, and, I, and, I, and my answer is really simple. I said, you know, everybody can post, but not everybody has a system. I build a system. And working with a dentist actually sharp my, my, my system. In, I, I got to the point that I really hold it in my hand right now. And I'm about to like really go big in 2016 with my system. And you know, how can you build a social media platform for dentists without them doing much? Today days, I have a system that with six or eight minutes per day, a dentist able to do a full social media platform work and really be everywhere using their mini devices that they built for them uh, two minutes, uh, three to five times a day. And, and they have it all done. Like literally they're all over. But the mm -hmm. problem that I found that is the previous companies that mm -hmm. used to work for them, they just go and post and post and post. And I call them the poster because they didn't build their social media. They post in the social media, right? And they literally act like they're a poster. All my job is 
to go to your platform and post for you. Nobody, because social media is not about posting, it's about building, building community, especially when you have a local business, like, like with, you're a dentist, you don't want people in New York to like you when you're a practice in Naples, Florida. So a lot of people said, oh, I have 600 likes. And I said, don't show me your likes, show me your money. How many of those likes you actually convert into income? How many people mm. that likes your Facebook page actually leave mm. 20 miles around from you? Because I'm not going to be driving 30, 40 miles to see a dentist. I need a dentist in my neighborhood. I may drive 15 miles or 20 miles, but no more than that. So, so how you actually build something, engagement in your community. Social media for me is something that you need to build, not to post. You see, it's it's all about building community and engage, engage with your audience, like literally engage. Have these people, a lot of dentists said, I wanted to be private. I don't want to be out there. They have all those excuses. And I said, you know what? It's either you want to do business or you don't want to be a dentist. I mean, you don't want to do business because people want to get to know you. So you bring up a really good point around really hiring an expert such as yourself. And this applies not only to the dental industry, but to any small business, right? Oftentimes you have business owners that they need to really focus on running their business and hire someone such as yourself to do it for them. But I'm going to give you an example. I just posted a link here in the comments to uh, Dr. Rubenstein in New York, who's a cosmetic dentist and has seen great success in leveraging social media, specifically Twitter and leveraging video to make his practice much more human. Because let's think of it, when we all think of a dentist, I'm gonna just speak for myself. When I was a kid, I hated going to the dentist because you think of the drill and all these tools. So give us some tips, whether it's for dentists, specifically Batia, or for small business owners, maybe give two or three pointers or tips why they should have a presence on social media. First of all, the technology on the dental industry changed a lot. I used to be scared from dentists all the time. You know, I was just going through a, a procedure with a dentist a couple months ago, and I literally sit there, and the whole time I was on my phone while he was doing his work. And I tell you what, today there is a free, uh, a pain-free dentistry. There is a whole different new technology in the dentistry. Today's days is amazing, but you have to choose the right dentist because you see all those dental events that I'm attending to. I actually admire the dentists that they attend to those events. And that's why they need to be on social media and share mm -hmm. with their patient what they're doing. Because if you attend to this event, you are learning these new technologies, just like you and I go to the social media world and we learn things that, you know, we don't have time to, to learn during the year, right? When I went to the last um, um, social media seminar, I've learned some new things, not a lot, but I've, I've learned maybe two, three things that when I come home, I want to implement immediately. The dentists, when they go to these events, they learn a lot of things. And there is a dentist that 10 or 12 years after never attend to the event and they still use the old fashion of dentistry. And that's why a uh, patient in pain, inflammations, uh, whatever bruises, all those different. And I see the difference. And I actually know some dentists who I would never wanted to take as a client. I'm very selective about the clients that I'm working with. So, you know, there is a, I don't want to mention name and advertise in other companies, but um, there is dentists who invested a lot just to learn how to take care of a patient in less time, in less pain and, and better performance. And it's, and I admire them because it's a lot, it costs them a lot of money and take a lot of the, 
of their time because let's say that you pay ten or twenty thousand dollars for a seminar, but when you shut down your practice for five days, seven days, it's almost a hundred thousand dollars. So if you give up a week like that just to go to learn how to make your patient, you know, happy or, or with the less fear or all those different things, I mean that's that's what your patient needs to know that you're doing it. So if you're not going to go to Las Vegas and New York or California, all those different events and share, hey, we're doing CIRAC, we're doing Peterson, we're doing this, we're doing Sirona. I mean, how your patient know what's going on? They think you still have this scary drilling that, that goes and, and root canal. You know, root canal, it's a very long procedure. And it's actually very painful. And I remember doing it in America seven years ago, and I was in pain for maybe five days after. I did a root canal three months ago, and I don't remember two hours after feeling anything. Right. <laughs> All right. So I I, I wanted I want to pivot a little bit. I want to take a hard direction because you know, Batsy, we've built a relationship, and I want to walk down through a lot of what you've done. So you you came into the United States. You couldn't speak English. You got divorced. There was no child support. You're taking care of three children. Um, you had to be had to find a way to get a business on, with just the social security and without the ability to drive and that business failed. And then you decided to get to social media. I'm, th- I'm listening to all these failures and I'm, I'm uh, sitting here wondering why continue, what pushed you, what drove you, what made you decide to do something that other people would give up after, you know, expressing that I, I, I easily mentioned five failures. So why did you? Wow. Great question. I don't know. It's a really powerful question. <laughs> uh, the reason that I wanted to continue doing, you know, I have a lot of days that I didn't want to continue. If you, if we're honest here, I have a lot of days that said, you know what, I, I'm giving up. I don't want to do it. And then, you know, looking at my three children and I love them so much. I said in the beginning, I said, I'm only going to do that for them. I'm only going to do that for them. And then you know, I was I, I was never afraid to try things, different things. But, you know, when I see how many people I help to and when I see things that they're happening and, and like full cycle of action that end up actually really, really good. Every time something works, I just wanted to do more of it. You know, I did not mention mm-hmm. that in December 23rd this year, 2015, it will be two years of me getting back my visa. And, you know, I get it out of the blue. It cost me a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of pain, but it was worth fighting. I knew I deserved that because when I've been asked why we should give you the visa back, um, I didn't say because I want it or because I need it. I knew I deserve it. Mm. And I could even prove it. I was completely deserving it because I was working hard. I never steal money. I pay taxes. Even when I was illegal in the country for three years, I pay my taxes because I have tax ID and I take advantage of it. And when I asked why I pay tax and I said, you know, if you wanted to be part of this country, you have to do things that this country require. And that's what I did, what I did. But, you know, every time I did something and it works, I just wanted to do more and more and more. And, and, you know, I was, I was very religious woman for 35 years of my life. When I divorced, I kind of walked away from my religious a little bit. And exactly when I actually give up on God, he did not give up on me. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about God or not, but. Yeah, absolutely. You talk yeah, about whatever you uh, want. You know, I was literally doing everything that I've never did before in my life. You know, I, 
I was never drinking alcohol before I was 35 years old. I was never going in a nightclub. I was never going and like dressing up like really little sexy little this and that, whatever. And I turned 35 and I did all the things that I've never did in my life. And I felt like I turned my back to God and God actually showed me his greatness. Even when I was sinning and I wasn't doing things right. And, you know, one day I'll share with you a story. One day I got a letter from um, Countrywide Bank says that uh, they're going to foreclose on my house. And my ex-husband and I live in and. I didn't do anything about it, like literally left it alone. And a lot of my friends used to say, Batya, why don't you pack your house? You just, you have only 30 days living in this house. So you should start get ready. You should start like finding a place or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm a very organized person. I have a company for eight years called Simply the Best. I know my things. I don't need to pack 30 days in advance because I'm all, only going to be over a while or whatever. So 10 days before, my best friend, Sonia, she said, why don't you start packing? And I said, I don't need to pack 10 days before. All I need to do is just a couple of days before. She said, you're crazy. Well, five days before, I'm thinking, should I pack? I shouldn't pack. And there, there is a guy come to my door and said, are you uh, Miss Maman? I said, yeah. He said, you know, this is a letter from Countrywide. Bank of America bought them. So that means I have another year in my house. And I didn't have to leave. And that was for me a sign. I said, you know what? God loves me and he wants me to continue and he wants me to fix myself. So I'm, I'm just going to take advantage of this next year and I'm going to take care of myself. So what I did, I really left everything. I took my three kids and dropped them in my ex-husband's house and said, you know, you don't pay child support or alimony and all those different things. I needed to fix myself. I needed to do something. And it was the very first time in my life. I was 37. I'm 42 today. It was, it was the very first time of my life that I was not with my children. I go to New York for 30 days. I bought a one-way ticket and I just buy myself some life coaching. And I said, you know what? If I don't have to pay rent for a year, I better go and invest in myself. So I went and I did all different life coaching at the Donald Trump building or whatever. In 30 days after, I come back like a whole different person. I knew what I wanted to do. I, I knew how I'm going to structure my business. I took a lot of responsibility. I hire my driver and I really start going really big with my business. And um, and I think um, um, 11 months after, I think 11 months or, or 13 months, I don't remember. It was not a year. It was less than, I think it was months, less than a year or whatever. I got another letter from Bank of America. I said, they said you have 24 hours to leave your house. Wow. And that was, and that was, you know, and then I looked at the letter and it didn't even like shake me. Like a year before I was like, oh my gosh, what I'm going to do. But this time I didn't even care. I really didn't care because I was stronger. I was smarter. I was ready. God never give us more than we can carry. So when I was like destroying, he did the transaction between Countrywide to Bank of America. Now that I'm strong, he said, you know what? You're strong enough. Now it's time for you to let go. And the last things that hold between you and your ex-husband, just let it go and start all over. So I'm putting a message on Facebook and I tell all my friends, I needed to put all my house in storage. I have 24 hours because the bank is coming and put lock in your door. There is no way you can go back there and take anything. So I remember all night I'm packing my stuff and at seven o'clock in the morning, the guys come in with the lock and wanted to, go to shut the door. 
and I get this phone call from a client of mine from Batya Simply the Best Company. And he said that they have some things going on at the house and, and I needed to go and, and, and see that, uh, whatever is going on there. So I said, I'm so sorry, I can't right now. I just finished my house. I haven't slept all night. The bank just took my house. And, and he said, where are you going? And I said, I am not sure. Uh, my kids were at my ex-husband's house and I was thinking maybe I should just go to a hotel. And he's like, do you have a key from my house? I say, yes. I said, why don't you go and stay in my house for eight or nine months, whatever, wow. because they live in Naples wow. just uh, and, and Bonita just for a season, four months a year. They live in Ohio <laughs> and they used to be my clients for eight years. <laughs> and I was literally homeless to live nine months in a $2 million home. Believe it or not. So wow. when I end up going to such a house... Wow. I was thinking, don't tell me that God is not here for me. I did not even request the house. I didn't ask for help. I didn't ask for anything. It's just come to me. And then I knew I do the right things. And I said, you know what? God gave me everything I want. I should just continue to do things right and just continue with his greatness. Because I started my business with greatness. And greatness come to you is just the way the universe works. All right. No, I, I love I love your response to that. And then the reason I wanted you to share that story is because I, I think it's so powerful. You know, the many things you can pull out from there. You can pull out faith. You can pull out the fortitude to go through. You can pull out humility to go back to your ex-husband and, you know, and drop your children. And then self-awareness to actually go, go to, to New York, a one-way trip, and, and uh, really work on yourself. And, and staying with working on yourself, you know, you've got several generations of, of, of millennials and, and older people who always dream about starting a business, but you know, a lot of what you hear, you hear this about you every day is, oh, I'm afraid, I'm not secure, I'm not gonna do this. What do you tell them? Well, what are the three tips you can tell them to, to go about starting the business, whether it's with their purpose or their mission? I would say purpose and mission, because you, you know what? Them? For me, not like most people, social media was a survival place. It was not something that I really wanted to do. I just run into it. But you know, I found so much greatness into it. But you know what? To, to, to be able to survive, you need to make so, some commitment to yourself, what you really want, what you try to achieve. And a lot of people said, you know what? I don't know what I wanted to do with my life. I, I don't know where I should go. And I said, you know what? Just do something. And if it's work, continue. If it doesn't work, just leave it and move to the next chapter. But do something because, you know, nothing will come to you. You have to put yourself out there because when I didn't have anything what works for me is I put myself out there. I put myself on Facebook. You know how many of my friends used to call me and said, are you crazy? Why are you posting pictures on social media? You're illegal. The, the, the immigration will be after you. And I said, hey, listen, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And you know <laughs> what? I either hide at home and do nothing with myself or put myself there. The, the worst thing can happen. They're just going to package me and send me back to Israel to where I belong to, where I born, where I know how to speak, when I have everything I needed. So nothing worse is going to happen. So it's either put myself out there and, and try to be successful or just listen to the all nonsense people that said, oh, that's not going to work. You shouldn't do that. Even my own brother, which I love so much, used to tell me, you should slow down. You should slow down. A lot of people tried to slow me down so much. It, it was amazing. And, you know, as, as, as you go up, you kind of. Wait, family, family tried to slow you down, too? The family tried to slow you down, down, too? down I didn't want to interrupt. They were concerning sure. about me being out there too much and getting trouble. So I learned something that even you put yourself in the risk. Okay. 
Um, maybe I could be in trouble, but you know what? I just knew if I'm getting into trouble, I wanted to end up with good trouble. What I do, I work. Hey, guess what? I don't get child support. So I have three kids. Somebody needs to feed the kids. So I don't get government assistance because I don't have this American citizen. My kids are not American citizens. So what a government want me to do to go and steal money? So if they're going to say, why did you work? I can easily say, hey, somebody had to feed these kids. Or you guys go and get me some money or I'm going to. So I put myself out there. I didn't want to ask help for anybody. And you know what? My ex-husband was getting a lot of help from my, my, my brother. And, you know, I, I kind of disconnected myself from my family because they were like not really happy with my change in my life, me being away from the religious, away from, from, you know, who I was before. I'm doing different things. I'm out there. I, I'm illegal in the country. So I wasn't so good for them anymore because the Miss uh, Batya Simply the Best is not simply the best anymore. So I kind of disconnected myself from my family until I built myself. Today, they are very proud of me and whatever. But you know what? One day I told my brother, I after three and a half years that I haven't talked to him, I said, you know, I just hugged him and I said, thank you for not helping me because I don't know if I was here today if you were helping me. Can you imagine if he wasn't giving me money for rent, you know, or helping me with, with my driver? Mm-hmm. I would not feel the way I feel today because it, the, the way I feel today is sometimes I feel, people will think I'm a little cocky or a little braggy or whatever, but you know what? I'm very proud of myself because I stick to what I wanted to stick. I stick to success. I stick to create. And I create the create because I teach myself English. I teach myself my job. I teach myself computer. I teach myself everything I have here in America is basically I got it by myself. I get it because I believe on myself. I believe in what I wanted to do. You know, when I started social media, you know how many people used to say social media doesn't work. Social media doesn't work. Today, over the phone, a guy told me social media doesn't work for me. And I said, you know what? If you're not going to put gas in the car, that car doesn't work again also. So what you're doing, your social media that doesn't work. Did you create a Facebook account and LinkedIn account and think, oh, I opened them. They're going to do the work for me. All I need to do is do the collection. It's not working like that. If you want something to work, you needed to put the work. You needed to put the work into the work. And that's what I I dress up when I have nothing. You know, I used Mm. to have miserable day. Trust me. And I used to have morning that I didn't even want to wake up and go somewhere because it was a mess. It was a mess. I didn't have a penny in my bank account. But you know what? I said, you know what? If I'm going to be here home crying, I'm not going to get any opportunity. And I always tell my girlfriends, if somebody wants ever to cry, cry at nighttime when nobody's calling and nobody's watching. During the day, there isn't a lot of opportunity. All you need to do is dress up, go to the Starbucks and make it your new office. If you don't have an office, if you don't have a place. Agreed. You know, Starbucks be my office for two and a half years. You know what happened at Starbucks? It was amazing because I had Starbucks five minutes away from home and I used to go there and set up four or five meetings and I was at Starbucks all day long having my breakfast, my lunch, <laughs> six, seven o'clock in the evening again. You know, a lot of people who used to come to Starbucks said, you know, we see you here every day talking to people. What you doing? And I was, you know how many Starbucks clients I converted into mm-hmm. a client in Naples, Florida? Unbelievable. I I used, to, I used to do the same thing out of Panera Breads yeah. in Jacksonville when I was running my own company during the recession. So I'm, I'm here smiling because that that is the yeah. true hustle, right? 
It's when you yeah. you find yourself in such a situation that you're not going to let any of the odds defeat you. You're not going to let any of the obstacles stand in your way. And as long as you're passionate and very important, as long as you have faith, you're going to get through anything that 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 stands in front of you and you're going to be able to move mountains. So I, I love hearing that, Batia. But, you know, think about it. People who go to Starbucks and spend $5 on a coffee instead of going to McDonald's to buy the coffee there, it, these people, they, they have value for coffee. Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's all about value. Because if you're willing, if people come to Starbucks every single day and spend $5 yep. on a coffee, right, every single day, if they're willing to spend $300 a month on the Starbucks, they can spend $300 on me with my business, paying me to manage them. Because when I started... Managing people's social media. I used to charge 150 a month, 250 a month. I mean, like something like really ridiculous. But you know, as I as I grow, I could charge more, but I learn more. That's why I charge more. I won't charge people today what I charge today uh, just for managing Facebook and Twitter because we're not even a, a management company on social media. What we really do is we build you a platform. We teach you how to use it because let's say a lot of, uh, we talk about the dentist failure is the fact that they hire other people to manage the social media for them. And the social media look like a automatic system. It doesn't even look like there is a real person behind that place, right? Uh, that practice. So I, I build a yeah. platform for dentists when they can spend 10 minutes a day or eight minutes a day, just using the device that I provide them just to say, there is something going on here today. We do for them all the branding, posting, all the engagement and everything, creating an ads for them and everything that they needed on social media. But in between, I tell them, we manage you, but here's what you need to do in between. Just snap three, four, five pictures per day and post it on the platform that I built for you. And people see here, there is happy patient today. There is smiling patient because there is a lot of fear in the dental industry, right? So if you post picture of a five patients who end up their treatment with a huge smile, you said to yourself, you know what? I'm going to go to this dentist because everybody ends up smiling there no matter what happened there. It's all about Brandon. branding, but you know, you Brandon, have to Brandon, be Brandon. there. Yep. <laughs> you see social media, it's not going to work for you unless you're there. You really have to be there. Business, you have to be there. Meeting, you have to be there. Event, you have to be there because only by showing up you're able to convert something into something, whatever it is. I, I always say anyone can show up to the party, huh. right? Okay. But you're going to dance. So that's, that's the analogy that I use. Anyone can show up on any given day. And, you know, most of the time people that just show up, they're going to be average and they're going to, you know, they're going to sit on the sidelines and watch everyone else, you know, outperform them. So, but yeah, when you and I spoke initially before coming on the show about a month ago, you told me about iPads, okay, that you send each one of your clients an iPad, which I thought was really interesting. And you're not sending it to them as a thank you gift. You're actually sending it to them to help them manage your social media. So do you mind telling our, our audience a little bit about what you do with the iPads? Here's three iPads for... Uh, a business yes, uh, in yeah. Miami, you can see Dr. Dr. Arun Garg, three iPads, three location. And what we do, we basically build everything that you have on your social media in this device. From this device, you're able to collect database, get reviews, post on social media, monitor social media, and measure your success <laughs> on social media. Everything from a little device that we, you know, 
my clients always said, I can't do this and I can't do that. And they, everybody give you the excuse why social media doesn't work. So I was thinking, how can I take this all overwhelming login information? I don't remember the username. I don't remember the password. Logging in and out by mistake, post on my personal and stand of my business and all this story that you keep hearing from everybody. So what I did, I take that device and I build it 100% for the business. Nothing personal going on here. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they post here, it goes to their social media. They're able to uh, have the clients write them a review on from the device. They can get a review. And, and I'm not going to go into this whole Google restrictions. I have a way to overcome that restriction so you can get review no matter what from that device. Uh, you gain more followers. You gain more emails. You gain uh, reviews. And you're able to post in from one platform that we use into 12 different social media outlets in in two minutes per day, five times, you have everything works for you. So I don't know why people not using it and they're not really use uh, the benefit of all this new technology. Because when we buy an iPad or we buy an iPhone, most people don't use more than, I would say, 8% of what those devices allow us to do. So I found myself becoming really expert in the Apple product. And that's why I stick to Apple. And there is a shortcut for so many different things. I think that I'm one of the very few people around myself, the people that around me, they use more than 60% of the the Apple device uh, of futures or whatever it is. I do everything. I do my billing. I, I monitor all my clients. Uh, I do everything from that. I don't even ever touch my iPad. I do everything from my phone, but literally write all my billing, monitor all my expenses, pay my bills, uh, monitor all my, um, I would say, credit cards. I mean, everything that I have, my children have, everything I have is on one device. So I saw how much that benefit me. And I have a whole social media class just for how to really use those device to the max. There, There is really... It, it really helped my clients because, you know, my dentist said, oh, my gosh, I used to do that and I used to do it in a long way. And you know what? People fail to do social media because it's a lot of work. But if you take all this overwhelming to in, into two minutes, I don't know a dentist who would say no to it. When I show them how easy that tool is for them, they're taking it. They want it. That is actually that's actually my best selling. It's not the device. It's what I build in it. Mm-hmm. Because we said everybody can post, but not everybody right. has a system. Yeah. Remember, well, the device is just a tool, but you have to have the knowledge right. in order to use yeah. it effectively. So, Batia, I, I gotta say, I love your story, and I was really drawn in and intrigued by you from the moment that we spoke by phone. And you know, you're here on this episode. You're opening up, telling folks about your story, and and I know Tayo and I really appreciate it because that's what hustle culture is about. And that's why we bring guests like you into the seat so you can really open up and make a connection with others. And we've all been there before where we're going through the climb. We're going through the struggle and we want to give up. You know, heck, I was there many years ago sitting in a dark room in my house in Jacksonville wanting to give up because I wasn't making money. And as soon as I decided, you know what, I'm not going to give up, a sign would come and it would be a new client, something, some mystical occurrence, you know, I attribute to God as well, you know, but some event would happen. And a lot of times people say that starting a business is the hardest thing to do to get it off the ground. And I say, it's not starting the business because anyone can take an idea and get it off the ground today. It's simple. All you need is a website 
or an idea that you socialize through social media. And it's very easy to get business off the ground. But I think as you're going through the climb, overcoming obstacles, not giving up on your passion, that's the hardest thing to do. So you talked about yourself coming from Israel, going through a divorce, not having papers, and still overcoming that. So for someone out there listening to this right now who's thinking about giving up on their passion or giving up on their business, speak to them. What advice do you give him or her? You know, a lot of people think that to build social media, they need to have a product. And I always said, forget about the product. Let's start with you. Uh, because, you know, you have to to PR yourself. When I said PR yourself is when it comes to like mm -hmm. press release, uh, uh, marketing, uh, press release, and how you get all this done without having a product. It's just being, you know, if you don't have a product, promote yourself until you have a product. So when you have a product, you have audience that can buy your product. That's what I did. And what you need to do is just be there. First of all, just be there. Be there on social media. You have no job, go and support the people around you, the community around you. Build audience, build real friends, build good friends because a nonprofit organization, you actually find good people because if they're not good people, they have nothing to do there. Mm -hmm. so, so just go out there, be there, support the community, create yourself a real audience, real friends, real people, good people. And when you have a product and you decide what you really want it to do, You'll have a lot of support because I can tell you one thing. I had a lot of support. A lot of people believe in me. You know how many people create a hashtags just for me, being Batya. Uh, um, you know, I always have this line that said a lot of people uh, meet, but just very few connect. And I always said uh, moving from the Holy Land to the land of opportunity because this is what it is. It's funny because I came from Israel and I teach people how to take advantage of the American dream. You know, this is America. If you're not going to take advantage of what we have here, I mean, this is the most amazing place in the world to make things happen. Everything is available to you. It's just a matter of how much you take advantage of what you have around you because you don't have to have it. You can create it. Just create what you want to have. And yeah, in the beginning, it's not going to be there, but at some point it will be there for you if you if you really committed to what you want because, you know, a lot of us want a lot of things, but not a lot of us willing to make that commitment to make it happen. You have to make a commitment to your commitment. That's what it is. And, you know, also it's just like not using these excuses. If your car is broken, if you don't have a car, if you just just find a solution. So if I needed to spend today $100 on a taxi to, to be in front of three people, <clears throat> excuse me, four people, I will do it because... You know, one day my driver called me and said that him and his family going to Orlando for a week and he's not going to be able to drive me. He's actually taking the car with him. So I didn't even freak out. And I have seven meetings the next day. And let me show you when you do things right and when you put yourself out there, look what happened the next day. Mm -hmm. The next day I'm waking up in the morning, taking shower, dressing up like he's coming at nine o'clock. And I know he's not coming, but I dress up like he is coming. And I said, you know what? It's 45 minutes before the meeting. Is not going to show up, and I know it's not going to show up. I'm going to call a taxi, and I'm just going to spend a hundred dollars today. So, as soon as I leave my room, I get a call <laughs> from a friend of mine, Jason, and he said, "I heard you're going to meet with uh, Dr. Chris today. Would you like to take a ride with me?" And I said, "Sure." Uh -huh. I didn't even have to cry and said, 
my driver left. I don't have a way to get to the meeting or whatever. Then you know what? We finished the meeting there. He sell a medical devices to that doctor. He sell what he needs to sell. We come back to Naples and he dropped me on my next meeting. And my next meeting dropped me off on my next meeting. And I end up doing all this meeting. One of my clients dropped me on the next meeting. And I come home and I said to myself, I was laying in bed. And I remember literally asking myself, how that even happened? And I did not spend a penny today on a taxi. You know what? It's my intention. I wanted to make that day happen so much. I was willing to spend the money. And literally, I didn't have to spend the money. It's because my intention was to meet the people, not to worry about how much it's going to cost me today because I saw the value of meeting uh, uh, four or five clients a day and coming home with, with $7,000. So $100 should stop me. Make a commitment. Should $100 a commitment. of a taxi going to stop me from missing a day of work? Yeah, $100 is a lot of money for a time. But it's not a lot. No. But, but people said... What about if I'm not going to get these clients? Guess what? They're not going to get this client because they left the house with the idea that they're not going to get the client. So they're not going to spend this $100. So nothing is happening. You know, the power of int intention is amazing. Whatever you intend to do and whatever you want to create and whatever you want to make happen mm -hmm. is your choice. If you're going to bring it alive or not. And if it didn't work today, it doesn't mean it's not going to work the next day because it's about building relationship, not just converting these people to money. A lot of time I meet with people. I do follow up with people, but I don't chase people. And a lot of people said, you know what? You had the opportunity to work for me, but you didn't really follow up with me. And I said, you know, I follow up with you once. I'm not going to follow up with you 10 times because what you need to do is you need to be my friend on social media. Watch me. And it's just about time until you're going to come back and said, I need you. Because it's not just knowing the social media. Is my network. You know how many people want to be part of my network? A lot of people want to be around my people. So what I do, I just put people on my social media, put them in my universe, let them see my good work, let them see who are around me, and that's it. I don't have to show them social media skills. Uh -huh. I really don't because I think I'm proven already. That's how I believe. And I, I'm a person who have no problem to compliment right. myself, not because it's about bragging. It's because every day I wake up with the idea. That I create to create. That's what makes me who I am. That's what makes me so excited. I have days that my daughter said, oh, you guys should watch my mom, how she comes home with disappearance. I had an amazing day and I have this and that. Because you know what? Every time when I come home, the first thing I tell my girls, how amazing my day was and how successful it was. And I cannot wait for tomorrow to make it happen again. So that's what actually won't allow me to continue Doing what I'm doing, the fact that I'm helping a lot of people to see something that live next door to them and they never touch it because they never think, oh, I can make it go alive. A lot of people don't believe in themselves and what's around them. Right. I, I want to take a moment to acknowledge some of the comments in this. <laughs> this is always bringing value. So social proof is uh, equal to surrounding yourself with the right network. Mm -hmm. I always say your network is your net worth. So it's it's about the people you surround yourself with. Um, there's another comment from the audience that says, if they don't know the pain you're saving them, they won't see the worth. Only have to chase if they don't see the worth. So 
what I love about what you've done today is, uh, Batya, is you've gone through the story, you've, but you've, you've, you've not hidden anything. You've talked about the pain points. You've talked about how you push through. You talked about why it's important to invest in yourself. You've mentioned many times why you're not cocky, but you're confident. You know, there's a, there's a line from one of my uh, <laughs> uh, Jadakiss. I, I love Jadakiss. So um, Jadakiss says, I'm not cocky, I'm confident. So when you tell me I'm the I best, confidence is one of the most so basically, powerful tools because. And, and, you know, that is actually my best experience with people because can you imagine if yeah. I go to people and said, oh, you have no idea, I'm illegal in the country and I can't drive. And what people would do, yeah. I'll take advantage of you and said, well, if you want a thousand, I'll give you 500 because you're illegal and you need my money. I never show people my weakness, never cry to people and show them my needs. I actually come as powerhouse, like I deserve the full price. I would not give you 50% because I'm illegal in the country. So I was thinking, you know, if you cry and, and, and tell people, I don't have these and I don't have that and, and my husband don't pay me child support and I don't have a car and I don't have a visa, what do you think you're putting out there? You're putting yourself to failure. <laughs> you should never share with people, even when you live in, in, uh, in a, a mobile home, wear your suit and go there. Even you wear the suit, the same suit every day. Go out there and show people that you're a professional, that you're successful, even you're not, because you are the one that make that person becoming successful, even you're not. And social media actually allow you to build this reputation online. Even you don't have it, you can build this reputation. This is the most powerful things on social media is how you build your reputations around you. So I, you know, I would, I could sit here and talk to you forever, but but we are unfortunately at a close. So I don't want the audience to go though without knowing where they can find you. So where can we find what you're up to? Um, when and you know, I know you got a lot of go back to yeah, you've got a lot of uh, platforms, but where can we find out where you're up to and where can maybe people see your posts, your inspiration posts, uh, and all the pictures? That's you add me on Facebook. I have a Facebook uh, page. I have a personal Facebook. GoBatia.com, Google Plus, Twitter. Not on Snapchat yet, but we need to change that though. <laughs> I, I'm gonna change it, Carlos. I promise. And uh, I would love to, to. If anybody has question and somebody wants to communicate, feel free to communicate to me, and I'll be more than happy to advise and and inspires and get inspired by you guys. Okay. 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 Well, I mean, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on. We're definitely gonna check you out, and then. We're going to see you at Social Media Marketing World. I know you're going to be there. Carlos is going to be speaking. We'll check that out. I, yeah, well, I mean, that's the plan so far. So, <laughs> no, but we'll get there. Um, um, before before we get into the Hustle Spotlight, uh, just say 30 seconds why someone should follow you. 30 seconds. Why someone should follow you and why they need your service. You know, I don't even want it to try to sell my services to anybody. I just want people to follow and see how they can create something out of nothing. It's, it's just about being there. Just, mm-hmm. you know, if you go into my social media, I don't sell anything. I just show up. That's it. Just show up. That's all I have to do. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, with that, we conclude the interview. And, but Carlos, before we, before we completely end, we have to do a hustler spotlight, and I know Bati probably has someone she wants to spotlight. But let 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 me let me start with with mm. with mine. So Just you don't steal it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it does happen. We tend to have the same guy. So the person I'm spotlighting this week is Steph Curry. 
with the shot, boy. But <laughs> he's actually playing right now with uh, against the Indiana Pacers. They're going for 23 in a row. Uh, but I remember when he first came into the league, I used to watch him at Davidson. Uh, and he was this little kid that wasn't recruited from – I went to school his younger brother, Seth. And he was this uh, – Steph was this little kid that wasn't recruited by the big schools. He was this young guy, a shooting guard, then point guard. And all of a sudden, he gets drafted number 10. He has ankle issues. And um, people are like, man, this guy's got glass ankles. I don't know if he can last. And then fast forward to last year, he, t- he ascends. You know, he takes this this monumental leap. He gets the MVP. They win the trophy. And he continues that this year and elevates another level. And now they are they, – I mean, I mean, I'm getting a lot of love right here because he understands. Um, now, because now they're they're going for 23 in a row. And and I just think it's, it's, a, it's a testament to hard work, staying consistent, Say no to the haters and and just keeping the process, staying true to the process. A guy that's six three is dominating a league that's filled with six seven and O oh, over people. So I just want to give him his props. He's killing it in the game, and uh, you all know I'm a big sports fan. So that that is my well. Now we know spotlight. what the key the to engagement here on Blab is. If you just mention Steph Curry and talk about him for two minutes, you'll get you'll get props. So (laughs) forget about winning an NBA championship, but if Drake mentions you in the lyrics to his music, you've officially made it in life, my friend. True, 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 true. Before I get get into my, yeah, Chef Kurt, before I get mine, Tim McVeigh here is saying, watch Will Smith, Pursuit of Happiness. I want to call that out because that movie had such an impact on my life. And in my career, when I was at a moment in my life where, you know, I thought about giving up and I saw that movie and the scene where um, Will Smith is in the subway bathroom with his son was the moment where I made the decision. You know what? I will be damned if that is me. And I was actually watching the movie with my son at the time, clutch at him. He was about three or four years old. So, you know, thanks for calling that out, Nick or uh, Tim. That is uh, great, a great movie to watch, Pursue Happiness. So I actually have two hustlers for this week since we were off air for a week. And Tayo, I'm going to stay on the sports theme in the NBA. And one of my hustlers of the week is Kobe Bryant. So Kobe, Kobe, B. Br- Kobe Bryant is oh announced God. or has announced his retirement from the NBA effective at the end of this season after 20 years Kobe is hanging it up, and there's been a lot of debates over the years. Where does Kobe rank as one of the greats of all time? And I will say that Kobe is right behind Michael Jordan. He's the closest to Jordan. He Wait, wait he like number two? Number two. What? With, <laughs> with LeBron James trailing behind him. I, I think for the position that he plays at guard, okay, and for what he's meant to the game, he's the closest to Jordan. Okay, and I think yeah, I think you got some disagreements. So I'll let you rebuttal. But Kobe he's at won- number two all time, though. Yeah, number two all time. Won five rings. Okay, multiple time All Star okay. and MVP. Kobe Bryant is one of my hustlers of the week, and my second. Looks like we need to debate this offline, Tyo. Yeah, offline, man, because <laughs> I don't agree at all. <laughs> offline, but yeah. My, okay. my second hustler of the week is actually a very close friend of mine who I want to bring here on the show. His name is Nick Haas. Nick is a entrepreneur and, and startup founder 
of a startup called Loot, which is an app that you can find on the App Store. Nick works with brands through his startup to incentivize sharing, but I'm actually giving Nick props for a side business called Startup Drugs that he started a few months ago through Shopify. And basically what Startup Drugs offers are t-shirts that have sayings related to startups and the social and tech industry. Check out the website, startupdrugs.com. And this man told me that him and his business partner have recently turned what, again, started as a side hustle into a six-figure earning business. Mm. So we're going to bring him on the show here very soon, Nick Haas. His Twitter handle is Nick at Loot. I got salute any young man like Nick that finds a way to generate a six-figure earning selling t-shirts through Shopify when a lot of us here, we're hustling, just trying to figure it out. So salute to, uh, to Nick. Salute to Nick. And uh, Batia, we're going to close out with you. Maybe you have someone you want to highlight uh, this well, week. You know, I really wanted to highlight a friend of all of us, um, Louis House. For oh, yeah. Bestseller this week. I think this guy really made a huge impact in a very short time. And I'm very proud of him. I'm happy for him. And I, I hope when I grow up, I'm going to be Louis House. <laughs> now, now, Louis House, I saw was, uh, I know he was best of the week, and then he was actually best of the month recently, number two yeah. business. So, yeah, uh, big, uh, big, uh, big accomplishment. The second, so, the second business bestseller. Yeah. So, that was uh, amazing. In a very short time, it's just like I saw how he was hustling the last 60 days and making it happen. And, you know, success is painful sometimes it's not so easy it's a lot of work no sleep no eat but you know what you make things happen and and that's it you know i often yep. wonder what's more painful the climb of becoming successful or when you're successful and people want your head oh, <laughs> i would never I, I don't know never tried i think that the painful uh, when you when you get hurt and you create something it goes and you don't even have memories over it. You know, I can tell you all the bad days that I used to have. I, I just can share it to you as a story. I don't even feel it anymore because, you know, there is a saying when when it's cold outside for others, you don't feel it when you sit in a warm house. You can have an mm -hmm. idea how cold it is, but you're never going to really remember it. It's never going to happen. And you know what? A lot of people just give up on their dream and give up on themselves. And we should never do that. Just keep moving. Keep moving no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know. I definitely agree with that. And um, I think this is another powerful interview. I think you can be successful in many ways. Sometimes it's for coming to your head. Sometimes it's not for people coming at your head. But once more, before we leave, I just want to remind everyone in every part of the world that you should continue to use your difference to make a difference. Until next week, it's bye for me and talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hustle Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and keep on hustling.